Hello there, and greetings to you. Welcome to Duel of the Takes, the movie and pop culture podcast that pins the wildest, most unpopular opinions head-to-head. -head. This week's topic of debate is a bracket-style challenge to determine which Steven Spielberg film is the best. My name's Nathaniel Martin, and I am joined by my regular co-hosts, Joshua Kubis, Alden Mason, and Jory Boston. Today, we are joined by a special guest, Nicholas Alexander, a film director, writer, and an amazing drummer. Let the games begin. We're talking about the best Steven Spielberg movies, but instead of doing a ranking style, we're doing this in a bracket where we're pinning all 31 movies in his filmography head to head. We're missing our favorite Sully and Mike uh, hybrid right now. Hopefully he'll join us in the discussion later, but we don't know for sure. But we are joined by a very special guest, a director I've worked with many times, a, a industry professional, if you will, Mr. Nicholas Alexander. Hello, my name is Nicholas Alexander. I am I am so happy to be here. What was it? I'm, I'm drinking Pepsi, Taste of a New Generation, and I'm ready to talk about movies. Let's debate. Oh, I just spilled alcohol all over me. What kind? Imagine the Corona seltzer. How does it feel to be an embarrassment to society? It's no White Claw, let me Nick, tell you. <laughs> a fan of the show who's watched the last few episodes, where do you? Th how do you think we did on the Spider-Man ranking? Oh, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty solid. The really the most hot, like you know, what was a argument one so far was the Pixar one. That one's the most like like wonky one i think all right yeah we're, we're trying to one-up the pixar video we've been trying at it for four weeks now <laughs> <laughs> so in the first round of our bracket ready player one versus the big friendly giant how do we feel about this squad i'm all about ready player one dude yeah i'm feeling ready player one i haven't seen the bfg so you're just defaulting to ready player one uh you know you've got like willy wonka you've got james and the giant peach You've got witches. You've got all these really iconic, like, children fantasy movies. The BFG should have been one of those. And when Spielberg came on as the director, I was like, oh, this is probably going to, like, blow everyone's expectations for what Roald Dahl adaptations can do. And to me, the BFG was one of the most forgettable movies I saw in theaters. Although I don't like Ready Player One, at least it wasn't boring. I think Ready Player One is going to be a movie that kids like that saw it at like maybe the age of like five to ten years old are probably going to revisit it years later in high school and be like oh i remember that movie i really liked it as a kid and then it's probably going to be like oh well that was okay oh so like how we see hook <laughs> <laughs> all right so ready player one moving on here yeah yep the next fight here we've got bridge of spies up against the post yeah, I'm thinking Bridge of Spies. I've never seen any of these movies, but from the trailers, I like Bridge of Spies more. Remember that one shot in the post where, like, the camera just went around in circles while Meryl Street was walking in the backyard for, like, five minutes? <laughs> no, but I don't doubt that it happened. So my biggest problem is the post. The leading cast, phenomenal. Supporting cast, phenomenal. You've got Gabe from The Office. you got Better Call Saul. You've got an iconic cast in that movie you've got meryl streep you've got tom hanks i prefer the more quieter spy drama with tom hanks and mark rylance i think bridge of spies is a fantastic movie and i think it's only going to get garner more appreciation over time but the post is oscar bait at its worst the very beginning of the movie was really interesting when we get the first shots of uh, vietnam I feel like it got the oscar nominations just because it was a spielberg and tom hanks movie well we got to throw it in there 
And I think The Post is the same thing, though. Yeah, that's fair. I think both of these movies are kind of bland, but I'd prefer Bridge of Spies over The Post. I haven't seen Bridge of Spies, but yeah. Bridge of Spies. Alden, Bridge of Spies work for you? Yeah, I'm the first one to throw it up. All right. Up next, we got Lincoln versus Warhorse. I'll go with Lincoln. Horses are cool. I, I'm going to go with Lincoln here, too. The movie starts out incredibly cheesy where i was like oh my god because in going into the movie i expected it like oh we're gonna go through his life we're gonna see uh how he was raised and uh everything but no they pick a pivotal part in his life and they pick one specific event which was the uh the voting of the amendment and I think that really works to the film's benefit. I can see why people would prefer War Horse because it's maybe a more entertaining movie. It's at least more dynamic. I really like, um, shit. What's his name? From The Office. Uh, James Spader? Yes. He's really funny in Lincoln. Not really who would come to mind at first when I think of The Office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say Blacklist or what? Ultron, whatever. His, his, his performance in The Office was better than Ultron. <laughs> And that's why I think Lincoln should move on. We've got the Adventures of Tintin up against King, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Got a Tintin. Yeah, I'm Tintin. Josh? And what are you thinking there, Josh? I don't know if I have the strength to defend Crystal Skull. <laughs> There's parts of Crystal Skull that I do really enjoy. I don't think it uh, deserves all the hate it gets. I uh, actually really like Shia LaBeouf in the movie. I really like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull perhaps more than other Indiana Jones movies on this list or single Indiana Jones movie on this list. That being said, I think it would be stupid to go with anything but Adventures of Tintin in this case. There's good moments in Indiana Jones Crystal Skull, but I feel like as an overall wasn't executed well. While like Tintin, like, you know, it still had some good moments, but as an overall, it just was a better story and shit any action hero who has a dog as a sidekick kind of like elevated in my opinion i agree because of that it should move on <laughs> we are moving on to et versus ai artificial intelligence where do we stand oh the et yeah et mace you defending ai josh 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 dead Sorry, okay, I'm back. What the fuck were you doing? What was what was the what was the the next one? We're talking ET versus AI. Oh. <laughs> um, I ain't defending AI. I I'm going to have to side with ET here as well. I do think AI is going to go down as perhaps underrated. I think its visuals are actually really slept on, and I do think the direction is albeit a little mixed, but being an homage to Kubrick and his vision, I think Spielberg did a great job of kind of compromising what he wanted for the movie to kind of match Kubrick's original plan for this this saga that he had planned for almost 20 years. Oh, the Universal ride. <laughs> E.T. is iconic. I love E.T. So I finally went on that ride a couple months ago. And uh, you've been hyping it to me for like two years now. And I'm like, how good can this be? And I went on with my sister. My sister didn't think much of it, but I was like, that was amazing. I want to go on again. Yeah, I'm with your sister. I was underwhelmed. You guys are Zoomers. I just got a message back from uh, Alyssa. She literally can't wake up Jory, who is indeed asleep and well. <laughs> Maybe he'll be up for the final four. So E.T.'s moving on. Up next, we got War of the Worlds versus Minority Report. Okay, this one, like, War of the Worlds. Definitely War of the Worlds. I think I really like the the premise of War of the Worlds more than the actual movie. I think the movie's paced pretty well, where I wasn't bored. But um, 
it just felt like something was missing. I don't know. It's entertaining, but like it's I don't know, kind of like forgettable, I think. But it's still great because like for me, I, I just love like a ton of those moments. Like the lightning comes down, like the aliens like basically ride the lightning into the earth and then and then just like come out of nowhere. The sound design's really dope. I feel like the visuals though don't hold up as good as like Spielberg movies that were made like a decade before. Like the aliens are well designed in War of the Worlds, but do they look as good as the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park? I mean, I don't know. We always see them from really far. And also, we're not talking about Jurassic Park, Nate. We're talking about Minority Report. We'll get there when we get there. <laughs> right. I think War of the Worlds is one of Spielberg's lesser movies, and I think Minority Report is a higher concept sci-fi movie done better than a lower concept disaster movie in war of the worlds right now it sounds like a two to one alden where are you on war of the worlds versus minority report uh i was for the war of worlds sounds like it's a three to one war of the worlds is moving on all right up next we've got spielberg's airport movies we've got catch me if you can up against the terminal catch me if you can it's been a while since i watched both of them but like i like both of them like i mean honestly for me the most memorable thing and the thing i probably like the most in the terminal is when like he gets the quarters he starts just like getting as many like fucking burgers as possible yeah the concept of a the concept of a person stuck at an airport terminal uh and living there is really funny it just has nothing on catch me if you can which for me is like an s-tier spielberg movie you got two of the top actors in dicaprio and tom hanks at their best in this movie especially DiCaprio. I, I think his character was really charismatic and fun to watch just on the performances and Catch Me If You Can alone, I think blows the terminal out of the water. As much as I'm into the aesthetics of a movie more so than I am the plot or the characters, you've got Tom Hanks just walking around an airport looking all sad because he's been living there for like six months and everyone else is like just about their day. It's kind of really cheesy. <laughs> and like, I'd rather see Tom Hanks casted alone on an island than I would at an airport. Big facts. All right. For the final round of this half of the bracket, we've got Saving Private Ryan up against Munich. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, Saving Private Ryan. Saving Matt Damon. Yeah, as much as I like Munich, Saving Private Ryan is much greater. I think the amount of critical appraise that Saving Private Ryan had in comparison to Munich is justified alone. And I think it's really the movie that defined like the modern war movie of like, what can you get away with? And I don't think we would have movies like Hacksaw Ridge in 1917 if Saving Private Ryan wasn't as realistic and as gritty as it is. I agree with that. The undisputed Saving Private Ryan, which almost got a buy. Schind Schindler's List is the Golden State Warriors of this bracket. Schindler's List is the only Steven Spielberg movie that he won Best Picture and also Best Director for simultaneously. Schindler's List still gets a buy. Up next, we've got Temple of Doom versus Jurassic Park Lost World. Temple of Doom, dude. Temple of Doom. Because you don't have what is a short round in Lost World. You got uh, you got Jeff Goldblum's uh, boring-ass daughter doing flips on a raptor. <laughs> <laughs> also, with like Temple of Doom, like literally the first scene of the movie, just it feels like a Bond film. Yeah, why the hell is he allowing Short Round to drive a taxi at age, like, eight? Like, <laughs> hey, it was the 40s. He just condones child labor, like, it's no big deal. And then when he liberates a bunch of child slaves, he still accepts Short Round for what he is. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. Personally, Temple of Doom to me is the worst Indiana Jones movie. And up against a movie like Jurassic Park Lost World, which is a movie I didn't even know Spielberg directed until I was making this bracket. (laughs) Uh, As for Lost World, I mean, it's no Jurassic Park. Not even close. It's a failed follow-up at its finest. Why Spielberg and Williams came back blows my mind. I think Temple of Doom was kind of the the experiment where is Indiana Jones going to be like a James Bond where it's going to be a a different adventure each time where it doesn't really connect to the other movies and there's a, there's a new love interest. And I think Temple of Doom was the idea going into it. And of course, they backtrack on that with the two sequels after Temple of Doom. Yeah, I believe this was the first PG-13 movie. No, it was the movie that caused the PG-13 to happen. I thought, it was, I thought Last Crusade was the first. It was, actually. Temple of Doom was rated PG by the uh, MPAA. Imagine the Scar kids in the theater just like, we're seeing Indiana Jones, whoa! (laughs) I mean, but is it more graphic than the Nazis' faces melting off at the end of Raiders? I mean, mean, it's pretty close. I mean, like, someone ripping their hand into your chest, just grabbing your heart while you're like, while you can't do anything? Because with, like, Raiders, they just had to be smart and not look. That guy is strapped and can't do shit. This movie also has people eating live reptiles, uh, just casually. And I think that also would have freaked out kids out. I don't know. I saw these movies at a very young age. Temple of Doom was definitely the one that uh, I found the most scary. Yeah, Temple of Doom has definitely stuck with me more. Of the Indiana Jones movies, it's also the one I've seen the least. But I have seen it three or four times, and I do remember most of the movie. I think Lost World is... Very, very boring. I think the problem with Lost World is that they took a entertaining supporting character that honestly didn't even have a lot of scenes in the original movie, and they made him the main character because he was the most popular out of the first movie. Also, it doesn't have Newman. I really like the uh, the minecart chase in Temple of Doom. Indiana Jones has another uh, really fun fight sequence with a very large dude again. Uh, that's cool. And... Uh, the bridge scene's cool. I was about to say, the minecart scene ain't shit compared to that bridge scene. That bridge scene is one of the best action movie scenes of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, I think if we're talking about third acts, I think Temple of Doom's got the got a really cool third act. Jaws versus Jurassic Park, the first true fight of this entire bracket. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. We're throwing punches now. Jaws. I... Agree. I think I'm also going with Jaws on this. I disagree. I'm going Jurassic Park. Fuck you, Alden. I'm kidding. I love you. For the sake of a fight, I'm going to go with Jurassic Park as well. All right. But okay. I'm not going to lie. You know, Jurassic Park, it's a dope, it's a dope film. However, with Jaws, he had like, you know, what was it? He was worked with like less like, uh, was it a technology that couldn't work at the time. So he had to improvise with what he got. And with like Jurassic Park, he was already like, you know, at his like, you know, you know, that level of, like, you know, praise and shit to where he can get, like, the amount of budget, whatever he needs to have actual functional shit. And so with, like, Jaws, like, you know, he had to improvise. He made, like, iconic, horrifying scenes that scare people to, like, go in the ocean. Not only that, it has amazing cinematography, uh, great performances with, with Jaws. It's, like, one of, like, the first, like, you know, one of the first ever, like, blockbusters. And, like, also, it's, like, one of, the, like, it's kind of, like, the birth of, like, one-liners in that movie. Like, you know, was it, we're going to need a bigger boat. I think the shark in Jaws is kind of one of the most slept on antagonists in film because I feel like 
when that shark finally bites the dust, it's one of the most satisfying like things ever in a movie just because of the buildup and how much that shark became a threat in that film. And I think that's just how, with the score and how it was edited, I think that's just how you perfectly set up a quote-unquote monster movie. Because um, a shark like that is kind in that kind of beach is pretty uh, fictional. Both of these movies are very important historically. Um, I guess this is the part where I say I think Jurassic Park is just all right. I think it's one of Spielberg's most overrated movies. I don't really like most of the cast. Uh, I think it creates an interesting world and the dinosaurs are cool. But that's all I get. It also got nominated for Best Picture. Uh, it won uh, Best Sound, uh, Best Film Editing, and Best Music. The characters drive the suspense of that movie, whereas Jurassic Park is truly a premise-based and that's where i really love jurassic park for what it is where i think jurassic park succeeds better than jaws directly is in its its special effects and in its scope and i think jaws shaped the blockbuster in general to where it is today but i think jurassic park shaped the modern blockbuster and i think these definitely are spielberg at two different points in his career but jurassic park is the point in his career that is more relevant to this day. Nate, you bring up a lot of good points. I agree with a lot of them, but you're wrong. Alden, I need some backup. I need reinforcements. All right. Well, I think, I okay, the score especially, and definitely recently because of memes, I just, oh. Holy shit. Yo, did he just arrive? The tiebreaker is here. What's going on? We're at Jaws versus Jurassic Park. Me and Alden are on the side of Jurassic Park, and Nick and Mace are on the side of Jaws. Where are you? Oof, this is a hard one. Yeah, what's it going to be there, Jory? Oh my god, Nick Alexander. Uh, while I do think Jurassic Park is a more entertaining movie, I think that it's easily Jaws that's the more important movie as far as uh, Spielberg's own filmography goes. However, if I'm going to go with my gut on this one, I got to say I'd rather rewatch Jurassic Park than Jaws. While Jurassic Park has a really big threat that you're interested in, with a really mediocre cast. Also in Jurassic Park, they pussy out and killing a kid. In Jaws, they kill a kid. Yeah, that's true. I remember seeing Jaws when I was five and like my stomach just turned seeing that kid get chummed up in the beach. <laughs> I saw Jaws way too young and I didn't want to go to a beach for like a year. Exactly. It made you scared to fucking swim. That's why it should win. Is that Jurassic Park moving on since I voted for that? It sounds like a three to two to me. I'm so sorry, Nick and Josh. <laughs> It's okay. I'm not. I'm not mad, Jory. Just disappointed. It was a good. It was a good. It was a good fight, Jory. I'm really glad you're here. What happened? It's my second day off of the week, and I was sleeping. <laughs> you came when we needed you the most. We thought you were dead. I was basically dead. Up next, we've got a Nate solo round. Unless anyone else has seen either of these movies, we've got Always versus 1941. 1941. Time to grab a drink. I'm very interested in your take, Nate. <laughs> I watched always for the first time less than a year ago because i was interested in the fact that it was a steven spielberg movie that i had never heard of and it's actually a remake of a movie called a guy named joe which came out in like the 40s this fighter pilot who decides to coach another fighter pilot into being the better man that he wish he was i do think it is the first great john goodman performance and in 1941, I can definitely say it's one of the best John Belushi movies. It's a hilarious 
comedy. The set pieces are over the top. And it was like, okay, Spielberg's finally got a budget. This is after he had the great success of Close Encounters of the Third Kind in Jaws. This man's got a budget. What's he going to do with it? He decides to make a really silly slapstick war movie. And 1941 to me is better than Stripes. It's better than a lot of other slapstick war movies. I will take 1941 over always any day of the week. And I think more people need to see 1941. Always is really bland and forgettable. But if you're going to watch a Spielberg movie with your mom on a Wednesday night, I guess always is fine. All right. Is Josh back from his beer? Because we're moving on to a very interesting round. Yeah, I'm back. We've got Empire of the Sun versus The Color Purple. Wait, why did you need me back for this? I've seen no neither movie. Damn it, Josh. You didn't watch Empire of the Sun? You hate black people and Asians? Josh! I hate Spider-Verse. I hate Penny Parker and Miles Morales. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, has anyone seen either of these movies, or is this another Nate solo round? I've seen Empire of the Sun. The part I've seen and just really remember is when the, what was it, a... Uh, What's her face is giving like Danny Glover like you know the shave and like she just like you know she like grabs she like grabs her hands and, like don't cut me and you know that kind of thing. If I were to choose one, like I'd choose the color purple probably because of that scene and like but uh, I have not seen Empire of the Sun. I have seen Empire of the Sun, and I think that I'm still gonna go with the color purple on this one just from um, like a cultural standpoint. I've heard a lot more about the color purple. And for me, Empire of the Sun was one of those Spielberg movies that I was just like, this exists, question mark. I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum as you, Jory. I've seen both of these movies, but I'm gonna go with Empire of the Sun. Where Empire of the Sun really thrives to me is in its cinematography and in its very simplistic story. It holds up a lot better. Whereas the color purple is a very dense and a very dramatic novel condensed into like a two hour long movie. There's a lot of things that are kind of compromised, including character arcs and character development. But then Empire of the Sun to me is kind of like the hidden gem in this entire list. And I think if there was any movie I could recommend more, it would be Empire of the Sun. Empire of the Sun is really unique and I, I can't think of anything else like it. Empire of the Sun's legacy also ended up giving us Tropic Thunder, so that's something else for it. Oof. But you know what, Nate, your speech, what was the, your points, I'll switch over my vote to you. Give it to Empire of the Sun. I'm also going to be switch over, switching over my vote. We're talking Amistad versus Hook. Hook. I've always seen it like, you know, Hook, so I can... Well, I do like Robin Williams. Hook. I'm on the side of Amistad, and, and I think it's definitely the better of the two movies. I think what Hook intrigued me the most as a kid is that, like, I don't know, I was never, like, a huge Peter Pan thing or anything, but then I remember as a kid reading the summary of the movie before I actually watched it. Peter Pan has grown up, and he needs to remember going back to Neverland, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think Spielberg making a story that's been told a million times and a story that I didn't really care about, even as a kid, uh, interesting, is uh, really cool. It's not like some of the live-action uh, fairy tale movies we have uh, today like that Disney's been trying to make. I think Hook has a lot of heart, a lot of uh, wholesome performances, and um, I think just overall a lot of really creative take on source material that's been around for a long ass time. Hook has a lot of great guilty pleasure moments. I don't think it's a movie you can uh, watch and unironically say is a masterpiece. Amistad is a very interesting premise that is a very overlooked historical moment in which a slave ship landed in America in the 1800s without 
any white people aboard. They didn't know who these slaves belonged to, and they didn't know if they were slaves or prisoners. They didn't speak English. They didn't speak any language that they could find, but they tried to determine in the court of law if these people are people or if they are slaves just because of the color of their skin. I think it is a beautiful movie, and I think it has held the test of time a lot better than Hook, where we kind of just have a cheesy Peter Pan continuation that is overly sentimental. I do really like Rufio, and I do like a lot of the other characters in The the Lost Boys. I'm sorry, it is one of Robin Williams' most overrated movies. Hook is not that good. Damn, Nick, did you just shoot somebody in the background? My my clipboard, like, as I'm writing things down. Damn it, Nick's more professional than everybody else in this video. All right, Hook Defenders, I need to hear more from you. Go look at the reviews and everything to see, get a more better look at which movie's better. Amistad, uh, was it it got, like, better reviews? And also, was it it got, was it four Academy Awards? And Hook got... Uh, People's Choice Award for Favorite Comedic Movie Actress. Hell yeah. The ones that really matter. The people have spoken. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, the People's Choice Awards might be an accurate and unbiased take than the Academy Awards. So I'm going to support Nate on this one. I don't know. Um, To be honest, I really fucked up and didn't do all of the homework that I should have for this video because somebody wanted me to watch Temple of Doom. So... (laughs) I feel comfortable rescinding my vote because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm defaulting the hook because I've only seen that one. I just really appreciate Hook for what it is. No, I'm not going to say it's one of Spielberg's best movies. Just wanted to point out the uh, the interesting take I think it had on Peter Pan. Let's go with Hook. I mean, we got a bunch more historical movies on this list coming up, so I feel like say everyone is still awake as i think this is another great battle of the first round raiders versus the last crusade last crusade Woo! Sean Connery. i'm going to parrot exactly what nick just said i don't want to i don't want to completely ignore raiders here because raiders is a fucking classic it is a uh king of a movie um it's incredibly well made with um so many iconic moments but when I think of Last Crusade, I think of Spielberg at its best, where he has the fun adventure elements. Um, he has great he has a great cast with chemi- with great chemistry between Sean Connery and Harrison Ford. Um it has callbacks to um Raiders uh with its characters like Sala. And this movie's also really funny, which I think is a really slept on trait of Steven Spielberg. He has made some really funny movies. Yeah, and almost all of his movies he's got that comedic edge to him. Like even in um we'll get there when we get there, but even in Schindler's list, like the early parts of that movie where you see Oscar Schindler just fucking around, like I feel like that's part of what sells the horror later. Yeah. But uh, I'll bring that up later, but you're right. Even in Schindler's List, there were moments where I was laughing out loud. Like, to me, it feels like The Last Crusade is a perfect marriage of the tones of Raiders and uh, Temple of Doom. And therefore, it feels more like the Indiana Jones that you think of whenever you imagine the character. The opening sequence with River Phoenix alone, I think, is fantastic. That whole sequence alone was just really fun, and Harrison Ford wasn't even a part of it. That's just... That just shows how well-directed this movie was. And we're talking about, this is a Spielberg bracket, and I think he knocked this film out of the park 
when it came to the directing. I watched a lot of the behind the scenes today to prepare for this, and really a lot of George Lucas's ideas got shut down. And every time Spielberg talked about that this movie and the behind the scenes, he was incredibly excited. And all of the really all of the really great moments that I loved about this movie seem to be from Spielberg. I agree that Last Crusade should move on over Raiders as it is my favorite Indiana Jones movie, but I do think Raiders, to not discredit it in any way, is what what comes to mind when people think of Indiana Jones. I mean, it's the hat, it's the bullwhip. My favorite moment in the entire movie is when uh, Sean Connery is, uh, I guess, seniors in the in the tank, and on the outside, uh, Indy is hands down clearing this entire tank in a truck full of Nazi soldiers. And then he comes in, Sean Connery, uh, Henry Jones Sr., pops out of the tank and he's like, where is everyone? <laughs> like, it is great comedy. It is the comedy that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been trying to get for now 22 movies, captured perfectly. And he's tired of shit because he just literally killed 60 German soldiers by himself. What the fuck was with that scene with the gun where he shoots like four guys in a row and it's also in schindler's list i watched schindler's list the day before and then i marathoned all the indiana jones movies and i was like wait a minute we've got sugarland express up against close encounters of the third kind close encounters i don't think close encounters is the best alien spielberg movie out there but this is also i haven't seen sugarland express but i think close encounters <laughs> There's a lot of really iconic moments, especially towards the end with the uh, when you see the ship. The characters in Sugarland Express, their motivations are very implicit, but their actions are very explicit, if that makes sense. And what I think really works is it's a story about these two parents who will do anything for their kid. And to me, that's a very resonating theme, but it's in this over-the-top kind of car chase slash crime drama thriller comedy that is Sugarland Express. And I, I think it's extremely well done. I, I really buy the fact that these parents just want to do whatever they can to get their kid back. And in this case, it's, uh, I guess we're going to kidnap a police officer and run from the law. And it is kind of cheesy, but at the same time, it's very similar to Jaws in which it allows the characters to drive the narrative forward. I was going to say, like, was it, when it comes to like with the chase thing, like, with the chase aspect, I was gonna say, would you choose? Would you still choose Sugar Express if it was up against a uh, duel? I like Duel like more than like Sugar Express. I think Sugarland Express is a better movie, but I think Duel has a better chase scene. If that's what you're asking. Okay, yeah, I get your point. Yeah, uh, we're gonna go with Close Encounters here because it is hands down the better movie of the two. There we are. That's our top sixteen. We've got Ready Player One up against Bridge of Spies. Three, two. One. Ready Player One. Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies. So how many people said a movie they hadn't seen before over Ready Player One out of curiosity? I did. I, I did? I did. Hey, Ready Player One stands about to write a small novel in the comments. Please just go read a book. <laughs> we got Lincoln up against the adventures of Tintin. Three, two... One. The Adventures of Tin Tin. Tin Tin. The Adventures of Tin Tin. Lincoln. Lincoln? Josh and I are on Team Lincoln, and there's three for Tin Tin. Josh, you need to see Tin Tin. Your vote would absolutely be for Tin Tin if you saw it. I, I got one point to ruin Lincoln right now. And Lincoln, there's no uh, dog sidekick. Boom. Tin Tin wins. Yeah, what's up with that? 
There's no dog sidekick. There's no drunk pirate sidekick. Lincoln <laughs> isn't a small boy with weird hair who has a gun. James Spader's practically a drunk pirate in Lincoln. That's true, but James Spader is a drunk pirate. Wait, is James Spader the representative of Ohio or Pennsylvania? I think Ohio. No, the the, the representative of Ohio is the one that keeps running away because he thinks he's going to get murdered. That one's Walton Goggins, right? Yeah, Walton Goggins is in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, James Spader's character is definitely from, like, uh, fucking Allentown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that checks out. Lincoln is good. Um, I would hesitate to call it, like, this amazing historical drama like some other uh, movies on this list. But I think The Adventures of Tintin is a highly, highly overlooked adventure movie that spielberg has put out that personally i think are on par with some of his better ones i think that there are parts of the adventures of tintin that show the promise that indiana jones does in some areas and i really hope that those sequels eventually get made but the reason i'm going with lincoln here is for performance alone and i i mean daniel day lewis knocks it out of the park and for me adventures of tintin was always about the set pieces and that's why they lent themselves toward that animated um like motion captured kind of environment anyway was so they could get away with set pieces that you can't do in something like indiana jones that is live action adventures of tintin to me is just very much a scope movie and lincoln is so much a grounded look at a real historical event in person where i i kind of my tastes favor with that of lincoln lincoln could have been really boring and really skippable for me but the fact that they focused on one historical event around abraham lincoln i think made things a lot better and i also i didn't mention this i really like um joseph gordon levitt playing lincoln's son i think there's a lot of really good scenes between him and lincoln where he wants to go out in the war because he's the only like young guy in boston us uh, in college and uh he just feels like everybody's making fun of him and i feel like um that's really interesting. It had a really good father-son arc. I wasn't expecting an Abraham Lincoln film. We have movies like Lincoln going up against movies like 1010, where it's like, these movies are very, very different from each other. And it's going to be up to personal taste, which one you find more entertaining. Everything in Lincoln is fantastic, and you should absolutely see it if you haven't. But my vote is still for 1010. Nick, Alden, I want to hear from you guys here. Why should 1010 move on? Well, it was uh, the first time I've ever, well, I've always seen Lincoln once. The first time I've seen Lincoln, I just like the beginning, well, from what I remember, I just remember seeing, like, it was like a battle. They have, like, all the bodies on, like, those wagons and shit, people dead. I found that cool. I fell asleep, like, 15 minutes later. But, like, Tintin, I was awake the whole time. There's a dog. <laughs> it was lit. There was, like, it was, like, with, like, uh, like, what, like what Joyce said, it was entertaining. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm in the same boat. It's just. Both are, are great. Lincoln's incredible, but I would pretty much at any time pick Tintin over Lincoln. Yeah, Josh, for real, if you had watched Tintin, I really think this would be a four to one. I think I would be fighting alone for Lincoln and I would just give it to Tintin. So um... Tintin's main sidekick in that movie is a sailor who cannot be sober. Literally the moment he was sober was the worst part of the film for him. And then he gave him rubbing alcohol to get him drunk again. Like he's in a hospital bed and he's drinking water. He's like, what's this peculiar liquid? <laughs> that's me. Yeah, that's why you have to watch Tintin. We would switch your uh, avatar to uh, Sir Haddock. I, I think Adventures of Tintin need to move on here. We've got 
E.T. Extraterrestrial versus War of the Worlds. No, no, it's E.T. Yeah, it's E.T. Yeah, it's E.T. It's definitely E.T. <laughs> not only is not only is E.T. the better movie, but in the future when aliens come to Earth and they revisit this video, I don't want to be the one that says War of the Worlds is the better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my take, like at its simplest, is E.T. is overrated. Okay, why don't you like uh, E.T.? Just like Sorcerer's Stone and Back to the Future. Back to the Future, not Sorcerer's Stone. Do you just not? Do you just not like '80s classics? Are you not American, Alden? I, I don't have a good reason of why I, I like don't like ET as as much, but I guess we'll find out in the next round. I guess Alden doesn't like Reese's Pieces either. So if there's any two movies on this list that are more similar, it, it's Catch Me If You Can and Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> which, which one is better? <laughs> Are you in the three, two, one? Can we just say Saving Private Ryan's moving on? Can we just say Catch Me If You Can is moving on? <laughs> Catch You Can versus Saving Private Ryan. Ready? Three, two, one. Catch Me If You Can. Catch Me If You Can. Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. All right, we had two for Saving Private Ryan and Alden and Nick, and then we had three for Catch Me If You Can. Catch Me If You Can surprised me in a lot of ways as the arc of the film went on. As for Saving Private Ryan, you kind of know what's going to happen. Uh, it's from the beginning of the movie when you see uh, old man <laughs> Private Ryan going to a grave. Like, what the fuck do you think's going to happen? As for Catch Me If You Can, like, I have, I wasn't familiar with the actual true story um, when I first saw the film. So as I'm proceeding through the film, I have no idea... Uh, how they're going to catch him, if they're going to catch him. Um, and then all of a sudden he's working for the FBI. Um, I think the relationship between um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character and Tom Hanks's character is brilliant. I think the score is brilliant. I think this is a slept on Steven Spielberg movie and personally might be my favorite Steven Spielberg movie. Every time you get bored with one concept, it goes into another. You're getting bored with him as a pilot. He's going to be a doctor. Then he's going to be a lawyer. I think this movie is very, very good. Saving Private Ryan is a classic. It is one of the best uh, war movies ever made. But at the same time, um, plot-wise, you know what's going to happen. Um, it's really slow at times. There's a lot of sitting around and talking where I just didn't care. I think Saving Private Ryan is one of the weaker films when it comes to his, I guess, Oscar Beatty films. Personally, I think Lincoln does the historical standpoint better. And maybe that's because uh, Saving Private Ryan isn't based on a true story. It's historical fiction. The whole movie shows its hand with the Normandy Beach landing scene, which is fantastic. And it cannot be understated how well done that scene is. I find that if you're looking for um, World War II stories, there's a lot better that you can do out there as far as the story goes. The movie's very well done and all, but personally, I think Catch Me If You Can is just more interesting top to bottom and has a lot more going on for it throughout. Like the whole father-son relationship between Frank Abagnale Jr. and his dad who gets like divorced from his wife because he like lost his business and like that's part of the reason that he's going around and doing all of this. And then he never sees him again because he was out running away. I don't know. I really like Catch Me If You Can. All right. Nick, Alden, I need to hear some defense for uh, saving Private Ryan here. I've been swayed. Nick, do you have anything to say in vain? That, like, saving Private Ryan kind of, like, set, like, the, the model for, like, you know, war movies came out. Today. Like, like, when we were talking about with uh, 
was a Hacksaw Ridge and um, some of the other ones. Yeah, like 1917, Dunkirk. Like, there's this whole yeah, 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 yeah. genre yeah. now of uh, World War II drama war movies. Saving Private Ryan is a historically accurate enough World War II movie. They showed it in my history class in my sophomore year. People who fought in World War II, uh, veterans who were out saying, you know, this is as accurate as you could probably make this in the cin- in the cinema. Uh, one guy notoriously said it in, I believe, the Chicago Sun-Times because they quoted it in the uh, Roger Ebert review of there was a guy who they interviewed who said they got every element of the of the d-day at normandy down to a t except the smell and i think that says a lot is significant enough for saving private ryan to move on yeah spielberg was uh, awarded the department of defense medal for distinguished public service for making this movie spielberg's big jump into like going all in on the world war ii historical accuracy would be in a project that he didn't direct, which would be like the HBO series Band of Brothers, which I think gets a lot more, a lot more right, but doesn't ever have a big Normandy landing moment like Saving Private Ryan does, which sticks out in your memory and is all you can really remember about this movie for the most part. All right, you sold me. I was waiting for someone to bring up Band of Brothers and Jory fucking did it. Catch me if you can is moving on. Go watch Band of Brothers, everybody. Yeah, Band of Brothers is literally Saving Private Ryan if they could make the movie eight hours long. It's so good. On the other side of the bracket, we've got the hardest fight yet. We've got Schindler's List up against Temple of Doom. Yeah. (laughs) Three, two, one. Schindler's Schindler's List. List. Schindler's List. Temple of Doom. Josh outed himself as an anti-Semite. Yep, Schindler's List is rightly moving on over Temple of Doom. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. 1941. I didn't see 1941, so I didn't want to vote. I was going to say, what was uh, Nate, like, like slapstick comedy stuff? How would uh, 1941 compare to Top Secret? Oh, it's not as good as Top Secret. Top Secret's a fucking gem of a movie. My favorite Val Kilmer movie. It is my favorite Val Kilmer movie, too, Nick. Thank you for bringing up Top Secret. Where's our Val Kilmer movie tier list? (laughs) When we get there. (laughs) So number one, we've got Prince of Egypt. (laughs) Prince of Egypt versus Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Well, on one hand, Prince of Egypt is animated, but on the other hand, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang has Iron Man. Wait, why does that sound so much like our Spider-Man tierist? Because. (laughs) (laughs) We've got Empire of the... The Sun up against Hook. Ready? Three, two, one. Empire of the Sun. Empire, Empire of the Sun, Sun is my Empire of the Sun. Hook. All right. We got four for Empire of the Sun and for Hook. Josh, what's your take here? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I haven't seen Empire of the Sun. Okay, but you have seen Hook. What makes it so amazing? I don't know. Just from what I said before, I don't have a take. <laughs> <laughs> Just move on. I think Empire of the Sun needs a lot more appreciation, and for that reason alone, I'm going to vote for it over Hook. Because um, I think Hook has its own little following, and people do love that movie, but I feel like a lot of people just haven't heard of Empire of the Sun. So we're moving on to Last Crusade versus Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Three, two, one. Last Last Crusade. Crusade. Last Crusade. This is a tough choice. It is It is a tough choice, and I kind of went with my gut. I do think that Close Encounters of the Third Kind is a more ambitious film, but Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade is my favorite Indiana Jones movie, if not 
my favorite Spielberg movie. Like a copy and paste of Nate's take. It's <laughs> exactly what I would say. I, I love Close Encounters. I love the, the ending. The ending is my favorite part of the film. I just think Last Crusade is such a juggernaut throughout the whole film, where Close Encounters does have its uh, highs and lows. I think I, I think I'll have to go with Last Crusade. I think so. Last Crusade is moving on. This list is turning out a little bit differently than I originally thought it would. I'm not gonna lie. Despise the Adventures of Tintin, E.T., Catch Me If You Can, Schindler's List, Jurassic Park, Empire of the Sun, and The Last Crusade. We've got three out of four like Axis Powers movies on the right side there. Honestly, Bridge of Spies out here making a run I didn't expect. Well, I mean, it was up against Ready Player One in the BFG. <laughs> and, and and the post. I thought the post was going to get more ironic love, and it didn't, so Bridge of Spies took it over. The extent of my ironic love for the post is um, the way Tom Hanks says not yet in the trailer. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> We're building the final four right now. We're in the Elite Eight. I can't believe we've gone here without, like, a crazy heated debate uh, yeah, we've got Bridge of Spies up against the Adventures of Tintin. I am gonna go with Tintin on this one. Okay, because you haven't seen either of these, is that is that why? Yeah, I have not seen any of these. I'll be back. Um, I'm also on side of uh, uh, Adventures of Tintin. Those action set pieces are something that even the Indiana Jones movies couldn't bring to the table, and it, it, it's a really fun movie. I really like it. Agreed. Got E.T. up against Catch Me If You Can. Should we wait for Josh to get back from his beer run? Because I know Josh is one of the biggest Catch Me If You Can fans. So in the meantime, we're going to take some time to interview uh, Nicholas Alexander. The next Steven Spielberg. Hello! I know you've got a lot on your back burner. Oh yeah, yeah, I got a lot on the back burner. It's, uh, I need to flip it soon or else it's going to turn black. Uh Uh-oh. And we wouldn't want that, huh? No. <laughs> I can't turn black. <laughs> well, I'm working on one with you, Nate. Well, is that what's going good? Uh, and then, what was it? Uh, working on three short films, trying to edit those, get those finished. And then uh, I'm just working on, uh, like, two other features. Are you writing all of these, or are they, like, in production? Where are we at? Oh, right. Oh, yeah, writing. Yeah, nothing is in production. Just all writing. Well, thank your time, Nicholas Alexander. <laughs> and we're moving on. Wait a second. Wait a second. Before we end the before we end the interview process with Nicholas Alexander, um, one of my um, closest friends, who I know is a big fan of robots, what do you think of the Mortal Kombat 11 DLC? Oh, is it a? Doesn't it have RoboCop? Yes, RoboCop and the T 800, 600. Oh, nice. That's cool as fuck. T 800, yeah. Oh, I, I I haven't seen that, but like. Just for the sound of it, I'm in. I'm all for it. Yeah, 100. Terminator! Alright, we got E.T. versus Catch Me If You Can. Where are we at, squad? Going with I'm Catch also going to go with Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, I'm siding with them. I'm on E.T. As much as I like E.T., that's another film that, like, um... It has a lot of nostalgia factor for me. Uh, definitely one of my favorite films as a kid. I just think Catch Me If You Can is just superior and it's writing in its um in its characters et is yucky and gross and scary and i don't like him 
For me, I, I believe both of these movies show what Spielberg is is really capable of on his like lighter hearted end. I think E.T. is a movie with a lot of heart, and it's one of the movies that kind of made me want to get into filmmaking in general. Um, because it on its surface, it's a very, very predictable movie. Um, and it's a very straightforward movie with its characters and its uh, stakes. And it's kind of like, oh, there's this, you know, creature that they have to take in as their own and then help it get its way home. Like, it's a very kind of like, there's so many movies that felt the need to rip off E.T. after E.T. came out, came out. And still to this day, we get a movie like Abominable or some animated kids movie that is pretty much just E.T. but with a different like a different monster. I was going to say Stranger Things. I was going to say Stranger Things and Eleven. <laughs> Eleven is E.T. <laughs> You're not wrong. Eleven is E.T. And the rest of the Stranger Things kids are uh, the Goonies. Yeah, it's it's Goonies and E.T. mixed is Stranger Things. And with E.T. too, like, I mean, like, yeah, like, what was it, Catch Me If You Can? Like, was it, a Catch Me If You Can is good. But, like, E.T. has so many, like, iconic moments. And, and also, like, like what Nate said, it's such a heartwarming movie. And, like, and, and like also, I think it's very inspiring, too, for, like, you know, if, like, you're wanting to get into filmmaking. Because, like, I agree with Nate to where, like, that was like a movie that where I wanted to get into it after I saw that. And, you know, and again, the iconic moments, like, was it across the moon and shit like that on the bike? Oh, was it? Uh, it's like right before that, when the cops were about to shoot the kids with shotguns. Oh, and now they're walkie talkies. Wouldn't it be wild if those cops actually just shotgunned Elliot and E.T.? Well, they're white, so they're obviously not going to shoot them. E.T. is not white. <laughs> <laughs> He is when he gets really sick. It made Reese's Pieces iconic and amazing, you know? <laughs> I do genuinely think that that is the best product placement in all of film. What about the McDonald's product placement in Mac and Me? No, get the fuck out of here. Mac and Me sucks. It's also an E.T. ripoff of trying to help you. <laughs> what it comes down to to me is these are two relatively lighthearted Spielberg movies with both a lot of heart and a lot of great character. Um, but Catch Me If You Can falls short in the rewatchability. For me, I, I do really love the characters, but I can't say that I've wanted to go back and watch Catch Me If You Can for all those iconic moments. Uh, to me, like the, the kids flying over the moon with the, with the E.T. in the basket, like that swelling John Williams score is beautiful and i do also really love the score of catch me if you can but it, it doesn't it doesn't compare to et et is early spielberg at his best in my opinion it's a mix of the sci-fi and the, the characters that i really have grown to love i think i think catch me if you can is a great mix of both early spielberg and later spielberg because it has that later heart thing where it's not the darkest movie in the world but it also does i mean this is a is a what a 17 year old kid um having these uh major national international uh criminal charges and still ends up stealing like over four million dollars right yeah and like i i feel like it's perfectly handled both dark and light and i think it's one of the best ways uh 
you could handle that. It's a story that definitely needed that balance, and they picked the perfect guy, Spielberg. I feel like Catch Me If You Can is like the perfect type of movie for Spielberg to direct, where he can knock it out of the park. Yeah, to me, uh, Catch Me If You Can reeks Spielberg's style in a way that, not like E.T. doesn't reek Spielberg's style. I mean, of course, it's one of his most iconic movies. The uh, flying through the moon thing is like the logo for his production company. Of course, it's one of the most iconic ones. I don't know. I think E.T. might be my sorcerer's stone here, where E.T. frightened me as a child, so I don't really have fond memories of it. To me, all I remember about it is the, um, the bike through the moon, and I remember the scene where, like, Elliot kisses that tall girl in class that he likes. Hell yeah, he sets free all the frogs and he gets the hippie chick on his side? Hell yeah, bonus points. But I do think that Catch Me If You Can has a lot going for it throughout its entire runtime that, this is unfair to say, but that I remember more of. I also think you could show Catch Me If You Can just about to anybody and they will at least like it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure E.T. is the same way. It's one of those universal crowd-pleasing movies. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like E.T. No, I, no e, yeah, I was going to say E.T. would like people would like that more over Catch Me If You Can. I don't know about more, but I think that both are very crowd-pleasing. I don't think that you can find somebody who hates both of these movies. I despise both of these. All right, Alden, now it's time for your E.T. take. Explain to us why you don't like E.T. All right. I just find a lot of it kind of boring. And I really don't like the scene where E.T. is dying. Just all of the tents and all of the uh, government, like, everything. Honestly, I agree. That's my... That part is probably, like, the scariest part for me. I think that's the part that I saw, and I was like, holy shit, as a kid. When he's when he's dying... When he's dying on the bathroom floor, like, I straight up want to skip that part when I watch it on DVD, because there's something about that scene that just feels, like, uh, just weird to me, and I just, I don't like it. I agree with that. I think that's just the perfect direction, though. That's that's exactly how you're supposed to feel. Yeah, because at that point in the movie, Elliot and E.T. have formed such a strong bond, where he is being ripped apart from this this alien that he has connections with, is is supposed to make you extremely uncomfortable. I think it was the first time a Spielberg movie made me feel uncomfortable. Right. As an adult, that works, but as a kid, I just want to skip the movie, and this is supposedly a kid's movie. Catch Me If You Can would be really boring for a lot of kids, because it's a bunch of adults just going around and talking in different locations. This isn't centered towards kids. You're saying you, you brought up that E.T. My E.T. argument is not centered towards kids, and your counter-argument was. Guys, 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 guys. You know, hold on. You brought up that it's crowd-pleasing for everybody, but I, I think Jory and I set examples that it wasn't. We had to, we had to wait a little bit for it to be crowd-pleasing for us. E.T.'s uh, like core demographic is definitely a little more skewed towards like a whole family with younger kids also included. And Catch Me If You Can definitely is not for younger kids. I agree that it would be boring as hell to any little kid that was watching it because they would have no idea what was going on. Like, I would not have liked Catch Me If You Can either if I saw it at the same age that I saw E.T. at. So, uh, you want to hear my Catch Me If You Can story? I did see this movie pretty young, and um, I used to just dress a lot nicer than a lot of kids uh, in my high school because I went to a public high school, but... Oh, God, I know where this is going. (laughs) 
you know, nicer dress clothes, suit jacket, all that. Well, my sophomore year, I got put in the freshman health class. And so when I showed up to class and the teacher wasn't there, everyone thought I was the substitute teacher. (laughs) 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 And I dead ass stood at the front of the room and pretended to be the substitute teacher to a bunch of freshmen as a sophomore who I, I didn't, I had never seen any of them before. None of them knew who I was. It was just like a catch me if you can moment. Wait a minute, Let's, Frank. Okay. okay, so my argument for catch me if you can has now my argument for catch me if you can has now shifted from oh uh, if you see it as a kid you probably won't like it to if you see it as a kid you'll be successful. You could also embezzle four million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna become the wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> if Alden doesn't have a vote, I don't know what we're gonna do because I think we're a little gridlocked here. Well, I I said catch me if you can. Alden has seen both movies, so he does have a say in this. Yeah, but he said that he it sounded like he wasn't enthusiastic and didn't like it and he wasn't talking. I just forgot that he said catch me if you can earlier. All right, so it sounds like it's a three to two to much of Nick and I's uh, distaste. This is fucking rigged. (laughs) Oh, trust me, Nick. I fight this fight every week. It is rigged. (laughs) (laughs) all right up next we've got schindler's list versus jurassic park which is which is a fight jurassic park dude jurassic park (laughs) all right i'm i'm with nick i'm on side of jurassic park here i'm on schindler's list side i'm I'm also on schindler's list you already took et from me jory what else do you fucking want (laughs) he wants jurassic park didn't I take Jaws from you also? Uh, no, I did. By mistake. I think it would be a flat-out disgrace to have a great performance by Liam Neeson, not move on and have fucking uh, Laura Dern just, like, mumbling her way through Jurassic Park that moves on. Okay, yeah, you know, I, for, yeah, okay, first of all, yeah, you're right. Trinio's List is a masterpiece. <laughs> but you know what? Are there, are there fucking dinosaurs? In Schindler's List, no. No, there's not. It's just... That would be wild. <laughs> yeah, I do think it's like hit, like, what, not, what was it, uh, Spielberg's, like, most personal film and stuff. It's great. Like, my favorite part, probably, of uh, Schindler's List is, like, the girl in, like, the, the red the red coat or whatever, and then later you see her dead, and just, like, that whole, like, you know, that whole moment and everything. But, like, Jurassic Park is better. It's more fun, entertaining. It's got dinosaurs. Park. You guys were really hyping up that this was going to be a really sad movie, and like there are really dark, depressing parts in this movie, but I think it does end on a slightly high note that he rescues over 1,200 uh, Jewish uh, men and women from concentration camps. Like I think it, like at the end of the day, it's a really great story that, um, if I'm not mistaken, Spielberg kind of discovered, and it wasn't really a known thing this story was. There was a book beforehand, but yeah, it definitely got a lot more, it became a lot more cultural after Spielberg took it on. And all the employees at the end giving um giving their tributes to his grave at the end was beautiful, and I think the, the movie really ended on a high note. So this whole, like, the whole thing where it's sad, I think the, the last 20 minutes are really beautifully done in a really, like, positive way. Sort of agree. I don't know if I would agree that it's, like, uplifting towards the end, because it comes out to me, well, not uplifting, but, like, a positive, because, like, to me, it seems more like, yeah, Oscar Schindler did the right thing, but what shines through the story to me is the events and the history that surround it, 
So the headline that I read from the ending isn't as much like Oscar Schindler managed to save all these people, but the rest of this still happened. And that's that's kind of where my biggest problem with Schindler's List comes from is as much as I do think the movie tackles such a horrifying subject extremely well, and it makes it a compelling narrative as well. I mean, you've got great performances with Ray Fiennes, with uh, uh, Ben Kingsley, if we're going to go into the supporting cast as well. Around the around the board, a, a very phenomenal movie and incredibly well made, incredibly well shot. I kind of deviate towards Schindler's List having glaring flaws. It It comes from that narrative, and it it is very much a product of historical revisionism. Oscar Schindler was not a saint like this movie wants to portray him as. The dude had a serious, serious gambling addiction and even at times gambled away the lives of his Jewish uh, uh, factory workers. And he wasn't this this savior figure. That ring that they made him from everyone's teeth that is supposed to be super significant. He gambled away 20, 20 years after the fact that this movie takes place. And Jurassic Park is just a silly, fun action movie. Uh, it has a great monster moment similar to that of Jaws, but to me, elevates the technical advancements in cinema. Jurassic Park is, is so iconic for me because it is one of the first movies that I saw and it was genuinely scared of. I think it's John Williams' most dynamic score to date it goes all over the place and it is the closest thing john williams has ever composed to a horror movie score jurassic park is nothing but fun uh, even the flaws i I, I disagree that schindler was a saint i mean throughout the movie i mean this man's like there's a guy in his office like saying god bless you multiple times he doesn't give a shit there's a kid like telling him how he's gonna like be um he's gonna know everything and he's gonna help him he doesn't give a shit i love oscar schindler in the movie as being like a product of historical revisionism. Um, his gambling problems, I almost want to just say, are com almost completely irrelevant. This dude was portrayed as a piece of shit in the beginning of the movie, like almost completely. Like Ben Kingsley's character, Ethan Stern, uh, brings him in and brings this armless dude in whose life he saved and he's kind of wants nothing to do with him. He's like, all right, yep, thank you. Please fuck off. Hey, never do that to me again. <laughs> Never confront me with these people ever again. It's not even until like the very end of the film where they do start to portray him as a little more of like a heroic figure. And sure, you can say at that point the portrayal is a little oof. But before then, I can't say that I agree with that. And maybe, even though it's, maybe it isn't historically accurate, when he does break down and cry, it is emotional because the whole movie he is like that, and then you finally see some remembrance of caring, I think is a really great characterization of of the character in the film. Maybe it wasn't depicted correctly. I don't know. I don't know Schindler. It is a movie, and things are just not going to be expanded in any like these are examples in countless movies so it's just it's hard to argue also for me uh if you want to talk about the significance of jurassic park which personally i think the biggest thing going on for it is the advancement in uh practical and special effects you could make the argument that jurassic park is more important for a film history standpoint but i think schindler's list is so 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 important for a world history standpoint like i made the point when we were talking about it earlier that I think that Schindler's List is probably one of the best historical movies ever made, period. 
there's no doubt in my mind that it's better than Lincoln, Saving Private Ryan, and all these other movies that Spielberg has in his uh, in his uh, filmography. I think that it's his magnum opus as far as that goes. But to me, the real triumph of this movie is the story of the subjugation of the people of Krakow and how things go from bad to worse to unfathomably terrible for these people. And I think that it just does a fantastic job at everything it sets out to do. We're talking about Jurassic Park. Anything you say when it comes to the CGI dinosaurs, I could say for what the, what it, what that does for that film moving forward, I could say the same thing about the Star Wars prequels. No, you can't say that. Jurassic Park came out seven years before the goddamn Star Wars prequels. Talking about the creatures being CGI, I'm talking about the environments. What the Star Wars prequels did when it came to CGI environments wasn't really done in film before. So, but that does that make those movies better because they were revolutionary? No. And I think I would say the same thing with Jurassic Park. Is it revolutionary? Yeah. Is it cool? Yeah. Does the movie have a lot of glaring flaws though? And it's a really weak Spielberg film to me? Yeah. Personally, also, if we want to talk about Jurassic Park being um for you, Nate, uh, like one of the first films that ever scared you. And I know that plenty of people also can relate to that because Jurassic Park is a scary film especially if you're watching it at a younger age. As a grown adult, um, Schindler's List can turn your stomach in ways that only, like, only the only other mainstream movies that do things that Schindler's List does emotionally are, like, gruesome, gruesome horror movies. I'm sorry, but imagine watching Schindler's List the same age you watched Jurassic Park for the first time. I did. Apparently Alden did, guys. I want to hear this. Wait a minute. Alden, what? Yeah, no, I did. I mean, I kind of left. Uh, trying to remember. Might have been like nine, ten. Yeah, for both of these. What a double feature. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was in the same year. It wasn't back to back, but I, I didn't finish watching Schindler's. Yeah, I can't imagine you would have. I, I just, I can't put Jurassic Park above it. Yeah, that's another thing to me is Schindler's List is a great history lesson, but as a as a movie, how many times are you going to go back and rewatch the movie Schindler's List in your life? But I mean, here's the thing. If we're talking about it, especially against a movie like Jurassic Park or like any of the other blockbusters in Spielberg's filmography, you can't rate it that way. You're not supposed to rewatch Schindler's List. I think, like, you know, both sides are right. Where, like, you know, either one, I would think, I think both of them would work, like, either one moving on. But, like, I just think we need to think, it just, it just comes down to which aspect, which perspective, like, we're looking at. If we're looking at, like, an impact and, like, you know, like a, a lesson kind of thing, like, yeah, for sure, Schindler's List. But we're, if we're just going for, like, like the, like the experience of, like, watching a movie kind of thing and also, like, just being entertained and then, you know, having that ability for a film to be re watched again. I'd have like you know it's it goes to Jurassic Park, but it just depends on which aspect we look at it. I think we're criminally underselling the uh, theme of Jurassic Park, where if man decides to play God and take science into his own hands, I mean we could really do some serious damage if we were to say bring dinosaurs back from extinction. I think that the message of Schindler's List about the damage that man can do to itself is far far more harrowing than Jurassic Parks. I feel like you could show Schindler's List to a lot of uneducated Zoomers and they would really have a different outlook on uh, on life after that movie. 
And that's why they still show it in public high school. They didn't show it in mine. Well, that's because you went to a, a private school. Yeah, we watched The Dark Knight instead. What the hell? What school did you go to? You watched The Dark Knight, but you didn't watch Schindler's List? We actually watched Jurassic Park, actually, in science class. What? Wait, I had a test on Jurassic Park. What? Schindler's List should actually go on, because that's actually a very personal film to uh, Spielberg. And, like, you know, this... Like, you know, that was like, and I think like, you know, like what you guys said, probably is the most important film on the, on this list. The, the shot of, um, the shot of all the, the, uh, the factory employees. And then when, uh, when it stops going from black and white and it's back in color and it's all the real employees like that, that shit gave me chills. Yeah. I think we now, ha I think we now have to have Schiller's list go on. Yeah, I agree. Empire of the Sun up against the Last Crusade here. I'm pretty sure this is Last Crusade. As somebody who hasn't seen Empire of the Sun, you guys have really sold me tonight, and I will definitely check it out in the future. Josh, you need to watch Tintin tonight. Yeah, for real. We kind of knocked out what's thought of as like Spielberg's like top classics already. Like we knocked out Jaws, we knocked out Jurassic Park, E.T., Raiders. Saving Private Ryan was eliminated. I, I thought that was going to be the one that would make it through. This bracket like started out as like kind of by the uh just like the the normie like Spielberg takes, but this final this final four is wild. I, I'm really I'm really surprised by it, and I think this is really cool. And we did it without arguing until Schindler's List versus Jurassic Park. Such a controversial stance. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't get heated. We didn't go like a um, blockbuster Pixar full tilt. Adventures of Tintin up against Catch Me If You Can. This is the final four now. So we got Adventures of Tintin up against Catch Me If You Can on the left side of the bracket. And on the right side of the bracket, we've got Schindler's List up against The Last Crusade. I would have to go with the, uh, what was it? What's the one up? Was uh, Catch Me If You Can against Tintin? Guys, I haven't seen Tintin, but I love Catch Me If You Can. <laughs> I also love Catch Me If You Can, but I think I'm going to go with Tintin. Yeah, I'm going with Tintin. I would be Dwight Tintin over Catch Me If You Can. Josh, I would have loved to hear what your thoughts on Tintin versus Catch Me If You Can were. Droy, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I know for a fact Tintin would not be Catch Me If You Can. It is my number one Spielberg film. Josh. I'm going to be completely honest with you. You'd probably change your mind. I know for a fact that Tintin has a shot at being your number one Spielberg I don't movie. know about that. Just based on what I know about your taste, Josh, I think it could be up <laughs> if, there for If you. Tintin is higher than Catch Me If You Can, you're saying it's in like my top like 15 films of all time, Jory. You do realize this. Josh, can I sell you one more time on this lineup of people who came together to make Tintin? It is produced by Peter Jackson. <laughs> it is directed by Steven Spielberg. And it is written by Edgar Wright. This is the Avengers of all great auteurs and directors coming together to make one adaptation of a cartoon from the fucking 1930s into a modern day blockbuster, Josh. It is on par with some of the lesser Indiana Jones movies in terms of action sequencing and set piece wise. It's probably greater than all four of them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But I'm also on the side of Catch Me If You Can, and I'm sorry if that's a surprise or a hot take to you guys. No, that's okay. It could have gone either way for me. And also, like, if we're going to, also, like, well, is it, uh, I'm going to go with Catch Me If You Can, too, because it beats Saving Private Ryan, and I wanted that to go through, so I'll stick with Catch Me If You Can. 
I gotta say some stuff about 1010 before I just let it go. Um, I think 1010 is a fantastic adventure. Like Nate was saying, the set pieces are unparalleled. It's really like if they just could do whatever the fuck they wanted with an Indiana Jones movie. And I think that's why they went with 1010, because it does come from the same like um, inspiration that inspired uh, Indiana Jones with like the adventurer who like goes and finds artifacts like all over the world. But now it's animated and I think it's lighter than Indiana Jones. I think The Adventures of Tintin is fantastic. And if you haven't seen it, please do. It's on Netflix currently. Sweet. Catch Me If You Can is moving on over The Adventures of Tintin. Woo-woo! Time to crack <laughs> open another one if you're Mace, I guess. We're talking Schindler's <laughs> List up against The Last Crusade. It's literally going to be the same thing as the Jurassic Park argument. <laughs> Count on it. Yeah, pretty much. For me, at least. Last Crusade, you know, it's it's definitely a you know a better watch. You know, it's something you can rewatch. You know, great, you know, amazing characters, great cast. You know, like you know, great comedy modes, like with the chair and like when the place is burning down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he gets Hitler's autograph. I saw that, and I was like, how come nobody talks about this? She speaks German in her sleep. How did you know? <laughs> I do think. Um... Last Crusade is a lot better than Jurassic Park for what it's worth, but for me, I just feel, I don't know, it really doesn't feel right for me to put anything over Schindler, over Schindler's List. Schindler's List is a fantastic movie. I'm glad it made the final four, but this is a Spielberg bracket, a man that has made some of the most funnest blockbusters in the history of film, and Schindler's List is a great movie on his resume. But I think when we're talking about pure Spielberg blockbuster fun, it doesn't get much better than Last Crusade. Last Crusade hits on those classic Spielberg beats perfectly when it comes to comedy, suspense, adventure, and characters. Nothing tops this to me when it comes to when we're talking about Spielberg in this Spielberg bracket. I'm with Josh in that I think Last Crusade should move on here, but it's not to any discredit of Schindler's List. If we are talking about a director's most important movie, there's a reason Schindler's List is the first thing to ever get a buy in the history of this bracket challenge is because I genuinely didn't want to seed a lesser movie against it in the first round. And I think Schindler's List is going to be the movie that stands out as Spielberg's most important but I don't think it can stand out as his best because he's made so many movies that I would call iconic. I was just going to say Spielberg took a huge chance to have River Phoenix essentially play Indiana Jones in the beginning of Last Crusade, and it somehow worked. Everything that should have went wrong in Last Crusade actually worked, and I really commend the film for that. Yeah, for everything that Josh was saying, um, Last Crusade being representative of what I think of when I think of Spielberg style, the action adventure, the fun, the jokes, everything, the amazing performances. I do think Last Crusade deserves to move on. Schindler's List is here. It's way up for all of the reasons that we mentioned. It's such an important movie just for the history of film. But I I agree with the assessment that in the context of a Spielberg movie list we should be going with something that is more evocative of his style 
These are all top tier films for me. I mean, three three out of the final four are in my top three Spielberg films. And the way you guys talk about Tin Tin, these might be my top four Spielberg movies. Another thing, um, there was an incident where a woman saw fines in the Nazi uniform. And she almost fainted. No, he said the Germans were charming people. They didn't kill anybody who didn't deserve it. Is that a joke? No, this is in a Times article. I checked the source on this. The story that I was speaking about was one of the survivors um, who was one of the Schindler Jews um, was on set and saw Ralph Fiennes in the full uniform as Amon Goeth and almost fainted because he reminded her so much of him, of the real man. Damn, that's scary. Fuck. All right, so we've got Catch Me If You Can versus The Last Crusade as the top two Steven Spielberg movies. Now they're fighting head-to-head. Guys, these are my top two. I didn't think this would be the finals. I don't know what to do. It has to go to Glass Crusade. Should the four of us go without Josh and have him be the final tiebreaker? That sounds very dramatic. I like it. Yeah! It sounds like Nick is on Last Crusade. I think I'm going to go with Catch Me If You Can. I'm also going Catch Me If You Can. Come on, Nate. Come on, Nate. You got to help me out here, bud. All right, and I'm also going to go... I'm going to go Last Crusade because... Alden, do you like Last Crusade? Because I remember you mentioned you didn't like Catch Me If You Can. Got him. I don't remember saying I didn't like it. I remember saying I didn't like I E.T. I thought you said you didn't like both. I was going to say, Jory, like, I was gonna say, Jory why would you pick uh, Catch Me If You Can over Last Crusade? Well, personally for me, it can go either way. I just really wanted to create a tie. I kind of want to make Josh choose this. Um... I could I could also see it going either way, and I love both of these movies a lot. Last Crusade is more iconic in terms of Spielberg's uh, whole filmography. You know, it's him returning to a character that he created. Him and George Lucas kind of working together on these movies, and him realizing that he's the better filmmaker, and then just doing Last Crusade. Like, sure, I'm sure him and George had a lot of fun making Temple of Doom and getting out of their sloppy marriages and remarrying and then making temple of doom and it being a shit show but i guess being a masterpiece in its own right is is all fun and games but spielberg kind of like put on his big boy pants and was like all right lucas fuck off we're making a final great final indiana jones movie in the last crusade and it's everything that you can get out of that character in my opinion i think if they continued doing indiana jones and i'm sure we're gonna get a fifth and sixth movie eventually i don't think they will ever top what the last crusade does it is a bit of a drama it's a bit of a comedy it's got great action it's got uh a good father-son story and they tried to do all that with crystal skull and i think they succeeded to some degree but they never came anywhere near as close as the last crusade I don't know anyone who would really put Catch Me If if You Can in like their top five favorite movies of all time, but I know plenty of people that have Last Crusade in their top five. Oh, what's the what's the ending? What's uh, what's the ending of Catch Me If You Can? Um, he ends up working with the FBI as like a fraud claims investigator to basically catch people who are doing the same thing that he was. For me, also like with India with Last Crusade, I love that ending so even though it's so simple of just them right off into the sunset. Like what? Just for like that? I don't know. Like I wish they they ended it there because like like even though we talked, you guys talked about I think on the blockbuster list, even though it continued on stuff like that. If it were to end there, it would have been like the perfect ending kind of thing. Yeah, I really liked Last Crusade a lot. I finally 
Josh, I finally watched all of the Indiana Jones movies. And Last Crusade, to me, was what I was waiting for. I feel like if... Because I really wasn't that sold with Raiders, which is why I dragged my feet on watching the rest of them. And then Temple of Doom was Temple of Doom. But to me, The Last Crusade was everything that I had previously thought. I was going to say, I feel it would be a disservice to Spielberg to not have uh, Indiana Jones then at number one. Because, like, literally, like, like, he made Indiana Jones such an iconic character. Yeah, you would not have National Treasure with Nicolas Cage if it weren't for The Last Crusade. Speaking of that, they announced a third movie and a series. Both are going on Disney+. Plus. I know, I'm so fucking excited. Right after Nicolas Cage is done playing Joe Exotic, he's got to go back to his role in National Treasure. I was really holding out for uh, David Spade, but then I heard that Brad Pitt wanted to play him, and I was like, yo, (laughs) Brad Pitt, Joe Exotic would have been a big meme. But anyway, um, I watched National Treasure 2 on my PSP a lot as a child. Does Alden have anything to say for Catch Me If You Can? Not really. I'm not opposed to Last Crusade winning. Uh, what was your ranking for your four favorite Indiana Jones movies, Alden? Yeah, okay. It, it goes Last Crusade because I remember it the most. Last Ark, Temple of Doom, and Crystal Skull. Oh, you put Crystal Skull at your bottom? Can I veto <laughs> that? Yeah, there's not going to be any bad blood here. Uh, I, will, I will be upset if Josh chooses the wrong decision. Nobody really made a really good argument for Catch Me If You Can. Personally, Catch Me If You Can is my favorite Spielberg movie, but the more we talk about last crusade the more i'm very swayed and i do i might need to rethink that and i think for this bracket when it comes to i've said that last crusade is just the best spielberg movie when it comes to all these aspects of filmmaking with that alone i think last crusade is a great contender to win it it sounds like it's last crusade and honestly i i think it i think it makes a lot of sense with the way that this bracket turned out for it to be last crusade (laughs) Uh, I was not expecting my top two Spielberg movies to be in the finals. I think it's really sad that all the uh, the uh, Universal Studios parking lot signs, uh, Jaws, E.T., and Jurassic Park didn't make it to the final four. But I guess life goes on. But hey, at least Spider-Man got its own list. <laughs> That's true. Spider-Man did get its own list. Oh, wait a second. Do we have to do Dr. Seuss tier list next? Honestly, I've got some hot takes. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> the Dr. Seuss movies. Wait on the movies? Green Eggs and Ham, D tier. <laughs> Yikes. A Dr. Seuss book tier list? That would be more books than Josh has ever read in his life. <laughs> yeah, but it's fine because it would also be uh, like shorter than every book that Josh would have to read in his life. Hey, Matilda's on our fantasy bracket uh, in a couple of weeks. I read that book. Isn't that a rolled doll, not Dr. Seuss? It's a significantly better movie than the BFG. Honestly, I feel like rolled doll movie tier list would be pretty good. It might be. You could do Matilda, Willy Wonka. Witches. Thank you, everybody, for watching our uh, Steven Spielberg all-filmography-ranked video. I had a lot of fun making this. Special thank you to our, our guest, Nicholas Alexander, for hopping on this discussion with us. Thank you for having me. You know, we're going to run out of ideas eventually. I'm thinking we'll have you on for, like, an 80s horror movie at some point. Mm. Yeah, I need it. Like, when you guys do Terminator, I will definitely be on. I would definitely love to be on that one. And I was going to say, if you guys ever do a John Carpenter, uh, was it uh, 
was a ranking kind of thing, or I was going to say a, a, a bracket for John Carpenter, let me know because I have a lot of stuff to say about him. I also would be down to have you on for like a stoner movie debate in the future. Uh, yes, hell yeah. I, I know you're a Cheech and Chong over Harold and Kumar guy, and personally I agree. Either Days and Confused or Fast Times would be like ones that I would really want to push to the top. Like those would be like the ones I'd be want to have in top four. What about Boyhood? <laughs> no way on Boyhood, boy. Boyhood while high sounds like such a snooze fest. Leave us a comment below if you want us to look at your favorite Spielberg movie. I, I'm curious to see what everyone else's favorite Spielberg movie is. I think, you know, E.T., Jaws, a lot of them we ranked pretty low in this thing. So I'm excited to hear what the comments have to say. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Duel of the Takes podcast. Next week's topic of discussion will be a ranking style challenge where we will attempt to rank every movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you want to check out our YouTube video on today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Nathaniel R. Martin. And as always, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.